You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This, as always, is Alan Smith. And as we generally do, let's get stupid. Let's get real stupid. Let's get pretty dumb. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? I think I peaked the mic a little bit there. Sorry for those listening in the close headphones. In uh, in the words of us on almost every previous episode, we could edit that out, but, but we're not won't. going to. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So uh, here we are, episode 49. 49 is uh, the number of people in millions that we estimate go hungry every day in America. So it's a sobering number, a heavy number. 49 million? Mm. Go hungry every day in America. That is a... Do you realize how much Indian food we just ate? <laughs> We'll move past that. <laughs> no, all... <laughs> this podcast is not supposed to make us hate ourselves, Smith. It's also the number uh, in trillions of dollars, $49 trillion, that we estimate the worldwide debt, um, which begs a f- series of questions. The first being, who do we owe that money to? And the second being, how do they ever hope to collect? Well, can we give some of it to the 49 million starving people? <laughs> No, that doesn't seem to be a something we can do. But if we don't know who it's owed to... I it's think it's aliens, right? Alien? Well, I have been reading... Worldwide uh, debt. I've been reading that Scientology book. Oh, no. By really? Lawrence Wright. Oh, yeah. How is that? That is... It, you just can't believe it's real. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the facts in this book... Uh, just to give a completely out-of-context <laughs> book review here at the top of the show... <laughs> I, I it's uh it, it's it's stunning that people believe this stuff uh and it ruins lives it ruins families um and talk about people who ought to be giving some of their money to the hungry scientologists a billion dollars in off offshore accounts everybody read the book uh, wow on with the show speaking of books <laughs> where the number 49 really comes into its own is with the crying of lot 49 the classic pension novel Starring Oedipia Moss and her discovery of two rival mail delivery services in the annals of American history. The book, which includes uh, references to the Beatles' Hard Day's Night, the 1849 Gold Rush, which then went on to give the San Francisco 49ers their name, and um, a series of other 49-based references is really all you need to know about that particular number and its many astrological significances. So we have two books that we are recommending here on Baltimoreans (laughs) to get this day started. (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of astrology, today we record under the auspicious astrological sign of the bull. On May 7th, in the heart of the Taurus order, we know the following. That a rather spacey friend or acquaintance from far away could call today, perhaps to propose a visit. This may not be convenient now, and could put you in a quandary as to whether or not you agree to it. Your decision eventually comes down to how much you care for this person and how badly you want to see him or her. Think carefully before saying yes or no. So, you know, we have that going for us. I, I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> scanning through uh, the voicemails on my phone, and I have a voicemail from the laundromat informing me that if I leave my clothes there for another day, I am going to be charged 10 extra dollars. That's basically, I think, what the astrological sign predicted. So do with that what you want, bull.
Okay, so uh, <laughs> off to a slightly odd start today. I will say that uh, before we rolled tape here this evening, Alan said, Sam, I just want you to know that the intro tonight is a little strange. And I think he delivered on that promise. As uh, as we so rarely do here on Baltimore. As we so, so rarely do. Uh, coming up in just a little while. We have a delightful interview uh, with the two gentlemen from the Orioles-themed podcast, Bird's Eye View. Yes, indeed. Um, which, if you have not gotten a chance to check it out before, we think of it in many ways as a sister podcast to what we do here on Baltimoreans. It's a it's a great show, and uh, as you know, if you listened to our previous episode, and really, if you have ever listened to even 30 seconds of this program, <laughs> uh, it's pretty clear that Alan and I are not uh, authentic Baltimoreans. We are pretenders to the Baltimorean name. <laughs> All of which will be revealed shortly <laughs> in our interview with uh, the good folks from Bird's Eye View. But first, we have a couple of Orioles-themed chatter notes uh, we would like to get to here. Uh, one, of, one of which is that um, Manny Machado, who we have uh, been calling the answer since he was uh, just out of diapers, who we have been hoping would be the... the, the gentleman who led the Orioles back to national prominence, <clears throat> appears to be doing literally exactly that. <laughs> he he is having a fine, a fine campaign. Um, and Alan and I were, were saying to ourselves over, again, the really just disgusting amount of Indian food <laughs> that we ate <laughs> before recording this episode, uh, that it, it, it would appear, and, and I hesitate to say this, lest the walls crumble to the floor, and uh, along with them, Manny Machado's season, it appears that the Orioles' farm system has generated a top-shelf Major League ball player. We are all furiously knocking on wood here, but it does appear that way. And and, and I say that I am aware of Nick Markakis as a, a spiritual being, just to get another Scientology reference in there. <laughs> um, I am aware of Adam Jones as an operating thetan. Uh, that's also Ooh. a Scientology reference. Nice. I am aware of Matt Weider's progress on the bridge to total freedom. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> nope, nope. I'm going to stop there. Um, <laughs> but the the thing about Machado is that Machado is somebody who has been brought up uh, and become a star extremely quickly and lived up to the precisely the amount of hype that seemed to be associated with him, which mm. is not something that you can say about any of those other guys. And, you know, it's a long season, small sample sizes, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. But we're talking about a 20-year-old third baseman with a cannon for an arm and uh, who can hurt you offensively in a number of different ways and is getting better with each passing game, it seems. And is already leading the Orioles in uh, multi-hit games for this season. Indeed. And who we were just mentioning before seems to have been doing this, uh, at least in terms of the Orioles' uptick in wins versus losses, Pretty much since he was called up. Yeah. And it, you know, there's been a few articles floating around the internets lately, notably by the bow-tied buffoon himself, Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> that was unkind. <laughs> he's He's been a, a professional for a number of years and enjoys <laughs> strong relationships in clubhouses across this great nation. But anyway, the bow-tied buffoon was saying in a piece the other day that... Uh, the the Orioles offseason strategy, which so many mocked, is being vindicated so far this year. And that was that Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette said, look, uh, from the moment we called up Manny Machado last year, uh, things changed for us. Our defense tightened up and now we're continuing to reap the benefits of that. But we're getting offensive production from him 
that is even more than what we could have hoped for. So better to have done that than to have made a boneheaded free agent signing or traded away a significant piece during the offseason. And right now, yet again, it's looking like they, against <laughs> all of our suspicions in the darker moments, are smarter than us. <laughs> Now, to be fair to our darker suspicions, that was not true for a long period of time. A very long okay, period of just time. Okay, so, just so we're clear on that. Yeah. Uh, other Orioles news, we did see we had a Freddie Garcia sighting. Um, Indeed. He, he pitched very well, actually, Yeah. Uh, in the Ori- for the Orioles. Um, but it, it sort of begs the question of, uh, it, yeah, here he is, another fifth starter, um, or as it's often known in Orioles land, Tuesday. <laughs> uh, do, do, do you have any hope that Freddie's going to stick to the top of the order or the bottom of the order here or is he going to be replaced by a a carousel including um, Spawn of Johnson Jurgens well I think I think Freddie's a credible bridge to whatever the next long term solution is uh, I, I think it's an absolute guarantee that we see Jake Arrieta starting um, at least three more games at the major league level this season um, and I think we're probably going to give Zach Britton another opportunity. And, uh, eventually I'm sure the goal is to get Gossman up. It's just a question of which role we think he can flourish in the most. Mm-hmm. So it's, and, and of course there is the Jurgens question, which is an open, uh, question slash wound, um, <laughs> that needs to be, needs to be addressed. I think Freddie Garcia is a known quantity. Um, right. and, and what I mean by that is that Freddie Garcia can give you, between uh, five and six and two thirds quality innings most of the time, mm-hmm. um, and but he probably is not going to be able to do it for more than fifteen to seventeen starts, um, and uh, he is an extremely well-known quantity around the American League and the American League East in particular. Right. So I think he, you know, a lot of people would say that is your definition of a fifth starter, and by that rationale, I'm happy to have him. Um, I, I certainly feel safer with him, um, than I do (laughs) with any of our other options, but I also feel like there's no upside. Right. We know exactly what we're dealing with. He is definitively just sort of warming over the leftovers until we can cook another meal. Yeah. He's going to be the same pitcher he's been for the last eight years. So speaking of, uh, not being aware of realities on the ground, Alan, I I think what we should do is jump now to our conversation with the good folks from Bird's Eye View, Jake and Scott. Uh, what we asked them to do, as you'll hear, is to help us get our Baltimore ground game in order. Uh, we're going to be doing this Orioles podcast, and we want to seem like we know of whence we speak. Is that well, grammatically correct? Indeed. Okay. And we're bringing them in as a little bit of a of a outside consultants. Yes. Who are who are established in the Baltimore area to help us cred up a little bit. Yes. It goes like this on Baltimoreans. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the line now with the co-hosts of the very fine Bird's Eye View podcast, fellow Orioles independent broadcasters in the Birdo- Birdosphere. Is that it? Sure. That? Yeah. Sure, we'll okay. go with that. <laughs> the the avian universe that uh, we, anyway, probably should just continue <laughs> introducing them. Uh, Jake English and Scott Magnus joining us on the line now. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? 
Hello, Baltimoreans. <laughs> and you got the cadence right and everything. That's oh, fantastic. Man. <laughs> so we, Howdy, uh, we, we there, there it is. We have invited uh, two actual Baltimore residents on because Sam and I were realizing that we uh, have been doing this podcast for all of 49 episodes now uh, without revealing a crucial fact about both of our backgrounds, which is that we have literally zero credentials to being bum, bum, talking bum. about anything Baltimore centric at all. And and now that we've now that we've revealed that to you the listeners, we we want to atone for the sin of keeping it a secret, which is why we've brought Scott and Jake on. Uh, one to make sure that you know about their excellent Orioles podcast, which again is called Bird's Eye View, but also because since they actually live in Baltimore or the surrounding environs thereof, they are in a good position to give us a quiz on how to be more authentic Baltimoreans, which is exactly what they have prepared for us. Isn't that right, gentlemen? We, we may have done something close to that. <laughs> semi-academic. We are, that's about as, as far as we're going to go as semi-academic. Okay. We are, uh, we're, we're getting good at this whole ask people on and then do all the work for us. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. I'm, I'm really impressed. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a it's a good skill if you can get it. Now, before we get to the quiz, I understand there's some some air clearing that needs to happen. Um <sighs> around the subject of the name of our program and 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 things like that. So wh- why don't you guys just get it off your chests? Go ahead, Jake, get it off your chest. Look, gentlemen, <laughs> when Scott and I decided decided to start this podcast, we went through a couple of names and and basically what that came down to was Scott would think of something brilliant and we would Google it and find that it had already been taken. And then we would drink some more. And then we would drink some more. Then I would think of something less brilliant. And then we would Google it and find that that was already taken. So and, we would drink some more. And then we a finally found the, the, the best name. The best name ever. Baltimoreans. Of, of course, that's the best you know, name for people talking about the Orioles who have no credentials. So that then we does, celebrate it. There is, we, there is a little bit of more. a ring to that. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We were just like, this is the greatest name ever. We're going to celebrate and drink. And then we came back the next morning and Googled it and we said, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> son and, of a bitch. These, I was, e- these incredibly unprepared <laughs> idiots in New York have taken the name. I was so pissed. And, and I was like, God, it, it, was, it was the perfect name. And somebody's already got it. And so I, I held a grudge. I held a grudge, and I held a grudge, and I held a grudge. And then... Are uh, fans holding a grudge? I mean... <laughs> I <know laughs> I've never heard of it. Yeah, and then at some point, I think it was when uh, you guys were listed on Utah Street Report, which I guess is a free plug for them. Um, <laughs> I, I ended up taking a couple listens to the show, and I was like, "Damn it! Not only is it a clever name, but it's a good show." <laughs> well, and then you, I was even more angry. You saved but yourself then, uh, the torture of listening to our early episodes, is what you did, <laughs> which is a, which is a, a sage decision. <laughs> but then after having you know talked to you guys and, and met you guys, it, it was compounded even further because it was like. Well, now they're nice guys, and it's even harder to be angry at them. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the film I Hate Jeffrey Mayer. Oh, my God. There's a film? Yeah. Oh. You guys have never seen the film? Oh, my. <laughs> this, so, is, this is not doing much for our, uh, <laughs> our <laughs> red opinion here. of us. Yeah, this has nothing to do with being a good Baltimorean. This We're going to is... have to set up a Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, yeah. I Hate Jeffrey Mayer. That's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> So, so there's a uh, a film student from was it Wesleyan? Yeah, yeah, that's where he from went to school. Yeah, college we believe is Wesleyan, um, who realized that Jeffrey Mayer uh, went to the school and he he did some short film called I Hate Jeffrey Mayer and got Jeffrey Mayer to star in the film. <laughs> wow! Oh my well God! Well played. 
and, and basically the whole like and i'm gonna ruin this for everyone who hasn't watched this eight minute film but um what <laughs> takes a shotgun blast to the face spoiler no, no, spoiler this is my version. that's right anyone version. anyone i think who listens to either of our programs doesn't value eight minutes very much yeah. <laughs> so basically at the end of it he finally confronts jeffrey mayer who turns out to be a decent guy yeah and it just it just ruins it for him he's like he's so nice oh, so it was, no. it, it was a it was a great work of fiction basically <laughs> all right well so if you guys would not mind uh we would love to have you uh increase our credibility with the baltimore listener base by asking us the questions you've prepared and 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 seeing just how how far away we are from being even semi-authentic baltimoreans all right well let's start breaking this down like you said we were hired on as consultants so i guess we have to do our jobs here as opposed to <laughs> you know just kind of bs around so i'm gonna put down my drink that's a rare instance i'm gonna put down my drink and we're gonna go through this and indoctrinate you into baltimore culture you want to start jake sure um you know we we thought a lot about what does the term baltimore on mean and um a quick and honestly rather frightening trip through the internet gave us <laughs> a couple of definitions that i'd like to share with you and the first is that the baltimore on is often used to name baltimore's unique local and very special dialect, also known <laughs> as Baltimoreese. Baltimoreese. Ah. Oh, okay. Now, the Baltimore di- dialect has many unique characteristics, uh, one of which is the long ew, uh, o sounds in words like home and phone. Um, it's very fronted and, and pronounced uh, like it's almost got two syllables. Okay. Um, Otherwise, as might be expected, Baltimore's speech has um, both northern and southern characteristics. Um, there are some flattened diphthongs. So instead of boil, you get things like ball. Mm, yeah. Ah, which instead is... of spoiled, you get spalled. Okay. And buoy. <laughs> uh, you, you get things like your long eye getting turned into an ah. So words like fire become fa. Or iron become Arn. <laughs> Arn in the fire. And it just it just degrades from there. There are Ooh, so okay. many there's so many different characteristics and it, and it breaks down even locally from Baltimore. Balmeries or Baltimore on can sound different if if you're in Hamden or Rosedale or Pigtown. Dundalk is notorious for this. Um, but it's generally anywhere around that. 30-minute area between Baltimore City and Baltimore County is where dialects can shift within one community. For certain communities here that basically have stayed there for 40 years and don't leave that community, they can't travel up the road five minutes into another community because, man, that's just a long trip going up the road. So, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> And with that long, uh, drawn-out, and rather boring introduction, I'd like to introduce our quiz now. No, that was um, actually that was actually fascinating. <laughs> The, the other definition of uh, Baltimoreon is a person who speaks using that heavy Baltimore ac- accent and also behaves in a fashion that is stereotypical of Baltimore, which includes a rabid following of the Baltimore Orioles. There we go. So ah. our, our quiz will, f- will focus on both of those. And uh, so we're going to talk about language, culture, and, um, and baseball. And then there's going to be a, a practical exam at the end. So, <laughs> Excellent. Oh, man. Uh, what we'll do is we'll start with the uh, the baseball and culture aspect of things. Okay. Now, are we allowed to confer on the answers to these questions, or are we uh, are we both expect, expected to answer in our own way? I think you guys can confer on that. Okay. 
All right. All right. I, I doubt it will do well, us we'll much good. We'll give you good. the benefit of the doubt that this will be a group test. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. I, I also love the fact that you pretend like we have real rules. We, we do have real rules, okay? We are strict. You know, we are being paid here. Well, right. no, we're not really being paid. But... <laughs> all right. Let's see how we do. Okay. So we're going to start with question number one. This is in our baseball category. And the first question is, where exactly is Birdland? And it's an A, B, and C question. <laughs> okay. okay. A is within the city limits of Baltimore, Maryland. B is anywhere between Laurel, Maryland and York, Pennsylvania. And C is anywhere we damn well pleased to be. <laughs> now, as expatriates, uh, both from the South and from Baltimore Birdland, I, I'm going to go with C. Because for me, uh, it is it is more of a state of mind than a physical location. I'm with Alan on this one. Okay, now if this were like a professional gig and and we knew what we were doing, there'd be like a bell sound or like a, a round of applause. But we're just gonna say, yeah, you got ding. It. There you go. They have professional sounds. <laughs> Not to worry. We, uh, for some unknown reason, have a bellhop's bell here in Hootenanny Studios. <laughs> It's our only Whatever prop, it for you, and it's not—it's not actually piped in. Like it's not like a soundboard. We just actually have the bell here. <laughs> yeah. So I may be ringing it even when we get answers wrong, just because <laughs> I need to use it for something. Just by us. That's what we've got to work with. All right. Well, uh, going back to an earlier part of the conversation uh, with question two, on a scale of one to ten, and again, this is an A, B, or C situation. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you hate Jeffrey Mayer? Ah, okay. <laughs> So A, one. Come on, it was 20 years ago and we've made the playoffs since then. (laughs) Option B, 10. That game probably cost us the series that year. True. Option C, murder. Scales of (laughs) 1 to 10 cannot contain my Jeffrey Mayer rage. Um, I'm going to have to go with murder. Um, and I will actually tell you a, a, a briefly a, a disturbing peek, perhaps inside my own brain, which is that uh, I've never been in a physical altercation in my life, um, which I'm grateful for. But one of the things that I sometimes do when I'm sitting at work uh, trying to kill time is to think if I ever was going to punch somebody, like what would it take? And and then I try to imagine like what it would feel like and what the sensation of, of feeling somebody's bone against my knuckles would be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop describing it there, lest people think I have deep-seated psychological issues. Uh, but Jeffrey Mayer has always been right up there at the top of the list of people where I think, if I saw him, I, I might just deck him because I wouldn't really require that much of an explanation. And Okay, and our time is up. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Yeah, I I uh, also go with C. Um, you know, for me, it, it, it was this is again going back to our our ever present theme of why baseball matters. But uh, the, the the that game and that series was the realization for me that there was no justice in the world. <laughs> wow! <laughs> or that I could not count on external forces to reinforce the rules. It was it was sobering, a sobering moment. And to this yeah. to this day, Alan has a, a deep seated distrust of police officers. Yeah, let's not be our concern about this. Also, the Americans went and fought against the Nazis in World War II. Let's just be concerned that you know Jeffrey Mayer caught that home run ball in right field. Right, right. <laughs> That's, you, you just brought sad trombones to bird's eye view. We're all saying. <laughs> but you can ring the bell because C is the correct answer. All right, all right, two for two. All right, so number three. When is it okay to yell O during the Star Spangled Banner? A, it is never okay to to desecrate the national anthem. 
B, only a cannon yards before an Orioles game, and C, anywhere but a military funeral. <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, C with a D caveat that it is the best at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I'm going to go C with a D caveat that if the deceased member of the military was an Orioles fan, maybe he'd be into it. I don't know. We'll take both of those caveats. Uh, you know, I I hadn't considered uh, allowing a D, but that that apparently is the right answer. That is the right answer. All right. Okay. Bell ring. All right, we're going to go to the next question. Question number five. What is the Swiss army knife of your kitchen? A, ketchup. B, Old Bay. Or C, I actually keep a Swiss army knife in my kitchen. Oh, wait, this is getting hard now. <laughs> We, we seem to have segued uh, out of the baseball questions. <laughs> Into the cultural questions. We're in culture, yes. See, if we knew what we were doing, we would have given a professional segue there, but that's just not our style. No, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think it's good to leave the, uh, leave the, the, the answer confused about the, about the question as it begins. Let's uh, see. I'm going um, go to go with B. B was Old Bay? Yeah. Um, see, but I don't know if that's a trick. That could be a trick. That could be a curveball because I know Old Bay is very strongly associated with Baltimore. I'm going to go... There are holes in my swing at a curveball, just like Chris Davis. I'm going to swing hard at Old Bay and hope that it works out. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go... Okay, wait. And C was I keep a Swiss, Army knife, Swiss Army knife in my kitchen. That could be trying to play off the sort of Northeastern elite characterization of Baltimore as a crime-ridden wasteland uh, originating from the television show The Wire. Well, I'm originating from real life and then documented with the wire. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Can um, I just tell you guys this was the NPR reference I was trying to make earlier? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guilty as charged. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think B and C are head fakes, and I think it's A. All right. Ooh. Well, I I do appreciate you guys going to catch up for the hot dog race, but the actual <laughs> answer is C. Oh, you really should keep right. a Swiss Army knife in your kitchen oh. in Baltimore. Mainly because The Wire is a true story. So. <laughs> <laughs> These events occurred in real time? These events, yeah. You, you got to play the game, you know? You can't hate the game. You just have to play the game. My my Northeast... My, ooh, little lisp action there. My Northeastern <laughs> liberal guilt is confused by the outcome of this, uh, this question. All right. Nobel. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, did Cal Ripken Jr. hurt his team by insisting on playing... In his streak. And then the answers are, A, probably not. The team was terrible during that tail end of his career, so he wasn't holding anyone back. B, yes, he put his ego ahead of winning. Or C, I will find you and punch you in the face <laughs> if you ever ask that again. C, no hesitation. <laughs> Definitely C. That, uh, that is the correct answer, so ding. <laughs> and I, I'm really sorry that you... I'm really sorry that you already blew your imagining punching people in the face portion of the, the show. Because, oh, man. Uh, you just rewind and listen to that again. There you it's go. It's salient. Here there you go. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, who are the worst visiting fans to Camden Yards? Ooh. A, Red Sox fans, B, Yankees fans, or C, fans of either of those teams who are Maryland natives? Ooh. Man. Well, that, that was in unison. Did you guys practice that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we have a three, two, one thing we do. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, um, okay, uh, I'm going to say, Alan, watch out for C on this one because your answer may, may intend to incriminate you uh, because the idea, because, because if we say that out of town, like, okay, what am I trying to say? If we 
if we say that uh, Maryland residents who root for a team from outside the state are traitorous, then we may be somewhat hypo- hypocritical in that. So be careful as you're thinking about this. I personally am going to go with which one was Yankees fans? B. A. B. B. B was okay. Yankees fans. Yeah. I- I'm going B hard <laughs> because I, uh, I I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I I I I feel like a lot of my similar to what Alan was talking about with Jeffrey Mayer. I think a lot of my initial feelings about um, like friendship and loyalty were forged by the behavior the behavior that i observed of yankees fans at a young age coming (laughs) to oriole park at camden yards like elbowing their way into other people's seats refusing to leave when ushers came and told them to leave and this includes this wasn't just because the seats were like uh they hadn't paid for those seats this was because the people who had actually paid for the seats were standing there and the yankees fans were like nah we ain't leaving we ain't leaving and um, that's what people from New York sound like, by the way. Um, and uh, the other thing, the other thing is that was, since then, when I have gone to Yankee Stadium in my Orioles hat, I am treated like how how dare you desecrate the temple of Yankee Stadium by wearing the hat of an opposing team? And the the hypocrisy there has just always uh, felt like salt in my uh, like in my arteries it, it drives me nuts um and so that's why i say b <laughs> god i thought i hated yankees fans and wow wow living up there here it, it, it gets into you I, i'm still gonna go with c and here's why while i think that there is a certain accuracy in the claim that uh you know we are potentially falling under the same auspices uh, anyone who has observed the Yankees and the Red Sox nations grow exponentially over the past couple years as those teams were any good knows that a lot of the people who are in Maryland who are jumping on that bandwagon and wearing the pink Boston cap or the camouflage Yankee cap are in fact not actually baseball fans at all, but in fact frontrunner fans. And that combination of assholery and then also coming into your home park and cheering for the opposing team kind of kicks it over the edge for me yeah well c is the right answer (laughs) Uh, it it will never stop uh sticking in my craw that people gave up on the orioles to follow uh evil empire one and evil empire two or even curly w (laughs) yeah really yeah i have no problem i really do i have no problem with people who are from new york and New England who root for the Yankees and the Red Sox because they are from there, because they are their team, and because they have decided to travel and you know see their team, their team in another beautiful ballpark. That that does not bother me. Okay. And and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is the bullshit excuses that you get from people who live in Arbutus and Overly and Forest Hill who say, oh, well, you know, my uncle gave me a Boston hat when I was a little kid and and I just followed them ever since. Because what that means is after 2004, it seemed like a really good idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Dusted that cap off where it's been sitting in the back of the closet for 15 years. And And there is no greater joy than you can have at a baseball game than carding a Red Sox fan. (laughs) Because when they stand up and cheer, you can turn to them and say, and what part of Massachusetts are you from? Yep, yep, yep. And they say, oh, I'm from Arnold, Maryland. And you say, aha, 
Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spell you Stremsky, asshole. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to give us a half ding on that one, if that's okay with you guys. You can take a half ding. There you go. That works. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to go into the language portion of the evening. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. It's, it's okay, going to get worse get back here. to the diphthongs. All right. So what is the name of the city where the Orioles play? Is it A, Baltimore, B, Baltimore, or C, Baltimore? Um, uh, the wire is a true story. A, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is A, Baltimore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll have you know that in a group of two, I got outvoted because um, I think it's Baltimore with a D. Baltimore. Oh. Um, but Baltimore. apparently I don't know anything. Baltimore. It's all about the wire. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if McNulty said it, it's got to be true. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, like, that guy's a Brit. I did know yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's uh, horrifying. And so is Stringer Bell. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, speaking of Baltimore, though, um, I, uh, I remember listening to John Miller call games when I was younger, and he always pronounced it Baltimore. Um, with like a nice little like roll of the T into a D. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, you basically you pronounce Baltimore as if it were Voldemort. <laughs> oh no. yeah, you're right, <laughs> Baltimore. <laughs> Showing off your your great literary prowess. <laughs> I'm a reader, but certainly yeah. <laughs> on a third grade level, I can see. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on now to the practical application portion of the exam. And uh, honestly, you guys have been doing great so far. I think this is when you guys are really going to uh, sink. But we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to send you a text of some true Baltimoreese language. And you're going to have to pronounce it for us. And we're going to let you know how close it is to being what it actually actually is down there. All right, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, uh, all I... right. So here we go, and let the mockery begin. All right. Um, a message has just come in, and reading it uh, phonetically, ah, uh, oh boy, I heard <laughs> Sam's at Sod the Hassa Bat Hunter Tomps last night. It's um an Earl Kenny Famgins. That's a, that's not bad actually. It's uh, I heard sirens outside the house about a hundred times last night. It's those Anne Arundel County fire engines. <laughs> I'll I'll say this: I could have uh, I could have tried for a hundred years. I don't think I ever would have gotten that. All right, let me try to pronounce it correctly. I heard Samsat sought the house about a hundred tops last night. It's some Anne Arundel County famgins. That's that pretty cool? close. That's pretty. You're getting there. You're getting there. Okay. You went a little southern, though. I think yeah, you I went a little say, like. If we, were, if we were like, you know, Hicks, that would be awesome. That's right. But we're not Hicks. <laughs> well, we, we are actually kind of Hicks, but that's that's a little too far south. That's that's Carolina Hicks. Yeah, I was born. Not, I was born in uh, in and raised in Southern Virginia, and that you got a little bit. You got a little bit close to where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, got got a little twang in there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's try again. Let's try a second one. Um, so this is going to be a little bit more towards the wire standpoint. So we're going to send you over the second line right now. Okay. God, this is such good radio right here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> She Raider Bosky from Droodle Park to Dantan Balmer Wither Oz Clazed. That's actually pretty good. It's not bad. It's she rode her bicycle from Druid Hill Park to downtown Baltimore with her eyes closed. 
just closed. <laughs> okay, all right. An all impressive right. bicycling feat, if nothing else. Yes. <laughs> she raided her bosky from Drood Pork down to downtown Balmer with her eyes glazed. I feel like you're hitting the T's too hard. I think I am. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, it's, this, is, this part's it's, been a massacre so far. <laughs> yeah. I told you you guys are going to fail this miserably, but... It's all right, rough. You want to do rough. another one? All one right. more. Okay, here it is. It says, uh, the, the hard canny Toms says the, oh, I know this. Okay. I'm going to guess this one, right? The, the hard canny Toms says the canny cancel place pain bond ambulances. Okay. The Howard County Times says the, <laughs> I, yeah, I spoke too soon. <laughs> the hard canny Toms says the canny cancel pace pain bond ambulances. That's really good, actually. That's the Howard County Times says the county council postponed buying ambulances. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm going to give you a ding for that one. It <laughs> right. sounded pretty good on this side. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> the, the sad thing is I was like, ambulances? Yeah. What could that be? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we call them down here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're teaching us. You're teaching us slowly right. how to speak. See, being I'll an Orioles fan... <laughs> Being an Orioles fan is about uh, getting in touch with the hardship of the world. That's right. It's like we talked about with World War II earlier. But overall, you guys really improved a lot from where you started. So, you know, with a few more years, you know, you'll be able to graduate with a degree in Baltimore's, I think. I think, uh, you know, in all seriousness, it's it's worth saying that uh, the Baltimore on aspect is, is two-faced, uh, twofold, because one... It's used as a, a form of mockery, and two, it's used uh, with pride by by the locals. And it's it's interesting because, you know, the Baltimoreans, uh, who are really either male or gender neutral equivalents of the Hun, it, it defines a, <laughs> the genuine population of uh, the Baltimore area, or at least you know the Caucasian blue collar residents of the neighborhoods we talked about earlier. Um, but it also defines the the spirit of local identification. Um, from people within the greater Baltimore area, both those who are uh, legit and genuinely interested in celebrating uh, what it is to be Baltimore, and then a more disingenuous uh, commercial side that's more uh, uh, opportunistic for making money off of that uh, desire. But, uh, you know, we mock basically all, all night here, but uh, Baltimoreans <laughs> uh, should be proud because it's a fine town regardless of what you hear about it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think uh, that that's that's an amazing and unexpectedly poignant note <laughs> to end on. Um, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so much for not just coming on the show, uh, but also for being so impeccably prepared to come on the show. <laughs> uh, and for lending us just a little bit of your extra cred. As we uh, as we go forth pretending to speak for a nation of fair weather or all weather fans, indeed, everybody in Baltimoreans Nation need well uh, as at least just in terms of the name of our podcast because as we've learned tonight we are not the real uh, guardians of Baltimorean Nation but uh, everybody who listens to our show which happens to be called Baltimoreans needs to check out Bird's Eye View. Um, and Jake and Scott, thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. You're listening to Baltimoreans. The home of Delaware fan. And my name is Sam Dingman. And this is Alan Smith. And we have to go. <laughs> <laughs>
that was fun. Uh, thank you to Bird's Eye View. Thank you to all the folks who we always thank. So we're not even going to bother thanking you guys this week. Yeah. Uh, and we did get some interesting comments and emails, and please do keep them coming. Um, Baltimoreans podcast at gmail.com. 909 Rib Wars. Hit us up. Let us know what's going on. We promise we'll get back to you and uh, intern Scotty next week. Check out the website, baltimoreonspodcast.com. And if you have a moment, leave us a comment in iTunes. It would help us ever so much in spreading the word. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace.